Hello and welcome back to another episode of T Coops Talks. I'm your host Tiffany Cooper and I talk about anything and everything that speaks to me on a spiritual level and today I'm with the one, the only, magnificent Amber Cooper. <laughs> Hello everyone. <laughs> Last time we did it, which we didn't make the cut, I, I was like Amber Cooper and then Amber was looking out the window just like minding our own business and missed a whole queue. Hmm. So it was very funny. So, Embe, I'm going to ask you, hmm. what's today's subject about? Confidence. And I want to ask you, what does confidence mean to you? It's, I guess there's a belief in yourself that you can do something and you can do it well and you, can all, and you also enjoy doing it. So that could be like a personal thing. But then I guess a confidence in knowing that an object, say, aka like a car or a plane or a train or whatever, is going to perform the duty that it was designed to do. And according to the Oxford languages, confidence means, number one, the feeling or belief that one can have faith in or rely on someone or something. Self-confidence, according to this Wikipedia article, is confidence is a state of being clear-headed, either that is a hypothesis or prediction is correct or that a chosen course of action is the best or most effective. Confidence comes from the, a Latin word, how do you spell the end of confido? I don't know, which means to trust. Therefore, having self-confidence is having to trust in oneself. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk about couple of examples of uh, confidence and because you're M. Bear Cooper and you're the all-knowing wise philosopher bear, I wanted to know because a lot of people, one th- have you noticed when we go out and we hit the town, a lot of people say that number one, they're surprised that I started the business at my age and number two, I'm really confident. Yes, I am. Well, am I surprised? I guess I, I am because it's not something that most people your age tend to do. So I want to ask you, Ember, have I have I always been confident? And if so, where do you think it came from? Have you always been confident? I, well, I think probably the story of when you were in preschool and then there was the school photos and there was a dress that you particularly liked. And this particular day, you wanted to wear a little headband and we had to wear you had to wear this dress and I don't think I realized that the photos were being taken that day and in the photo it almost looks like you were wearing clear lip gloss now don't ask me where you got that from but I won't ask those questions that's a long <laughs> I don't know time either. ago but it looks like you're wearing clear lip gloss you have coordinated this headband to match your dress and you are of course looking at the camera smiling I thought your... I looked rather fierce in the pose well you actually yes you you weren't just sort of standing there sweetly smiling you actually had <laughs> you, you had a presence yeah like I was there you I were. showed up yeah. I was not playing games so no. I've always had confidence that's what you're applying well I or... think you must have because I mean I, you were very naughty when you were little and we when we were having to discipline you we didn't want to break your spirit we wanted you to still have you know zest for life but we just had to curb 
the behaviours that you were displaying. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. So, yes, I've always been confident because I know one question that people asked me is how are you so confident? And I can't answer it because I don't really know. No, I think you've always been, I mean, you always come across as confident and like yourself and your sister, I mean, you've both had the same upbringing and the same opportunities and, you know, if we could provide those opportunities, we never stopped you from experiencing them. But I think there must be some self-belief that's internal. Because mm. I don't, I know that like, let's say confidence in films, they give that impression that when you turn 18, you've got everything sorted and you're a really confident person. But I don't think you wake up one day and boom, you're automatically confident. I think it takes time and experience and that. Well, that's right. I think, uh, I mean, of course, movies have a lot to uh, answer for. And we've, I know we've discussed one aspect of films in a previous podcast, but as a child, you do look to adults and you assume that they've got everything together and that also includes the confidence bundle. But when you get to those ages yourself, you can see that most people do lack confidence in yeah. not all areas, but in some areas. And I totally agree because I remember, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I remember when I was... Um, at McDonald's and there was this young youngish mother maybe in her mid-30s late 30s I'm not really sure what her age was and she had two young children and she was coming up to the counter to order happy meals and she lacked so she had no confidence whatsoever and I was really quite taken back by I was probably either within the bracket between 16 to 19 and I was really shocked because what I had seen you know everyone who's an adult is instantly confident to see that that actually wasn't the reality for most people was quite jarring to see that it's quite sad too because yeah. you'd been on earth for and then you're raising up children and if you don't have the confidence in yourself that's totally going to rub off onto your own small humans i think also it's a lifelong journey of gaining confidence and also the confidence comes in doing things and not being phased by others' opinions. I totally agree because I know for myself when it comes to confidence, I think the best example I can think of is like when we were doing piano or when I was doing piano lessons and I was very naughty, we have a piano, like there's a grading system in music, so there's preliminary, if I said that correct, preliminary, preliminary, and then it goes from grade one to eight and eight's the highest, and then the highest one you can do is Amos. Um, and so I did the piano grading, but I just found that I would look through the piece of like the piece of music, play it through twice, and throw the book away because I didn't want to play what was written on the page. So I know that's kind of my type of confidence that I like to see something, maybe view it a, two times, and then go off and do it my own. And that's what a lot of people said when I came to singing. They always said, Tiffany, you're always able to put your own twang on it and how did you do it and I said well really I only listened to the song twice and then made it my own because if you're constantly looking at what somebody else is doing you're actually not thinking for yourself because you're just going to mirror what they're doing and that's certainly not creative no heck no so I want to know 
for you, myself, I want to know when was a moment that you realized that you had gone from really confident to not so confident and you had to refine yourself or I want to ask you. Oh, yeah. okay. Like you went from a place of confidence, you knew what you were doing and then you were thrown in the deep end and you're like, okay, where's my confidence? It's well, I guess I, I recently, uh, this time last year when I broke my foot. This I, is a significant day, isn't it, we're recording? We are. We on are. the 9th of um, August. Yes, yes. And it was, here, here you are, you're totally mobile and doing stuff and doing what you can do. And then all of a sudden, with just, you know, within a moment's notice, you have to rely on so many people and and you just can't do some things. I mean, because your foot is obviously broken and you can't stand on it, you can't walk from A to B. And then, of course, you haven't got any devices apart from a five-wheeled uh, sewing chair that you can whiz Scoot around in the house. Yeah. But going in and out of the house you've without crutches I, I couldn't do it and then and then of course I couldn't drive because I broke my right foot so I think this day 12 months ago my okay. confidence really took a plummet and I can remember I had crutches and of course I had the moon boot and you had folded the washing up and put some of it on my bed and I couldn't put it in the drawers because I couldn't hold the washing and hobble over to the drawer and put it in. Mm. And I just broke down and cried. I yeah. mean, but then I realised, well, if I get a little bag and put the things in, I could do do some of it. But even getting in and out of the shower, that, that was... That was hard at first until I realised I used the other shower. Just the basic everyday activities that we all take for granted and you can't do it. Mm. And so that really takes uh, a real hit to the confidence. Yeah. I was thinking like for yourself, I don't want to say it speak on your behalf, but I thought, I don't know for you, but I know when I left my printing job and I went, and to start a studio T Coops went full time. And then when I started going along to networking meetings, my confidence was at an all time low because every security and every safety blanket that I had was completely gone. And I had to start from the, from the bottom and work my way up. Well, that's right. And also, um, not only did I break my foot, but then what was that, the eighth month? So three months later, I then lose my job. Yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a that was another bloody confidence. So by that time, of course, I was able to walk around and I could drive and I could do all the things. I mean, I couldn't wear all the shoes that I liked because my foot was still swollen. But then, when you lose your job with you know because of no fault of your own, uh, yeah, that and and we do put our confidence, we do put our I feel like our confidence we, in our paychecks. Our paycheck, like but yeah. what we do mm. in your your identity is in in your job, which and so your identity is your confidence. And but we tend to base our confidence on what we do, or maybe who we know, or 
or yeah, those sorts of things rather than the confidence that we should really, who we should put the confidence really in. Oh, yeah, and I totally agree. I find I found that, as I said, going back to those meetings that I would go to, the networking meetings, um, I think for myself, as I said, I had to start from ground zero because I had nothing to go from. Like it was all, I don't want to say in my all my own strength, but I started from nothing. Um, and I just, I think for myself, going along to these meetings actually made me realize how smart and how intelligent I am because I felt like when I was at school, my confidence level, people would say I was smart, which was nice, very nice, thank you. But they didn't realize that I had to put a lot of hard work in to get those results. So did I feel confident in being smart? No, because I had to put a lot of work in to get the results. But going along to these meetings, it's not like I, I probably had put a lot of work in without realizing it because I'm enjoying it, but I just didn't realize I was intelligent until I actually left every parameter of like or environment that was judging your you know intelligence level like they I, no one was grading my intelligence level and I think as a creative person you're you were confident in your skill set but when it comes to getting marked it's really hard to market because as you said you can't tell me that Beethoven was not as smart as Einstein no that's right um, it's the criteria in which people base intelligence because when they create in, um, intelligence quoted tests or IQ tests, um, there, <laughs> there is just, it's usually made by a white or a Caucasian, I'm white, me, Caucasian uh, man. Yeah, and maybe who is of North American um, heritage. Mm. So you can't tell me that a if you're not North American. If you're not Caucasian and if you're not middle-aged and if you're not male, that are you less intelligent? Because that's when they write those tests, that's when they – that's how they write the questions because it's what they call the hidden curriculum. It's the, it's the underlying values and opinions of the author. So if you were to read a book or watch a film – whoever has created it you're going to get their hidden values in that piece of work and it's not that it's a bad thing it's how we tend to do it like if I was to go to somebody else's place their house would look would smell would be different because of the individuality that each of us have Mm. so IQ test, no. And I remember that test that you do in, in grade 12, and I can't even remember what it is. I can't remember the is. name of it. I'm scrambling it was, to was find it. Was it ASAT? Was it ASAT test? I can't. No, I don't think ASAT was mine. It was QSAT? QSAT? Oh, yes, those sorts of things. It was rubbish. QCS. QCS. That's it. QCS. We knew it was Q something. Um, I think it was ASAT when I went to school. Uh, so QCS tests, when I saw a, I saw a book of the questionnaires. That I brought home. Did you bring those? I books? brought it home. You brought yeah. it home, and I flipped through it and I went, Mm-mm, "That is not the type of questions that you asked Tiffany to answer." Heck no. I actually I failed knew, it. Yeah, and I knew <laughs> that you you wouldn't have done very well no. because those sort of questions 
not geared towards me. not yours. No. You know, like, for example, I can remember when I was at school in math and they would give you a story about this, 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 and this, and this, and then you'd have to work out what the the mathematical um, solution was, you know, you know, a really simple one like, oh, so-and-so had $10 and he needed to buy five apples, you know, how – how much is each apple? Okay, well, that's easy. That would be $2. Yeah. But but when they get really more complicated, my brain would just go into shutdown mode. I'm going, what is this all about? You know, so um, and I guess it would have been also with the spatial knowledge, like the perimeters and the depth and the volume and all those things. And so that was definitely not my forte. And I think the reason why we're talking about intelligence is because I was watching Beauty and the Geek. I love that show. Um, if you haven't, go and watch it. It's all finished now. It was like 12 episodes or something like that. But I remember one of the contestants saying, because she was the beauty, she said, because I'm not, you know, intelligent, intelligent, I, she's like, I'm not very confident. So I think intelligence does play a massive factor into your confidence because you feel smart, you feel like you're part of society. You don't feel like you're alienated. There's two types of smart. There's academic smart and then there's street smart. Oh, I'd agree. So the academic smart, you can have those brilliant people, get them to tie their – oh, not tie their shoes. <laughs> they should know how to do that. But yeah. get them to do a really simple task like, I don't know, paint a fence or something – it's really simple and they would have an absolute torrid time of doing it uh but if or putting on a party say for example yeah that's you've got a one. birthday party you know organizing you know who's coming what you're going to eat where when all those sorts of things a number of people they would be in an absolute tears tears they wouldn't know yep. what to do whereas if you've got someone who is not academic smart but, you know, they, they know what life is all about. Ask them to put on a party and, yeah, no problems. I mean, it might not be particularly sophisticated, but it's still deemed a party. A party. You yeah. haven't actually said what type of party you want, whether you want a, a black tie party, a cocktail party. It might be just a barbecue party out in the backyard. Well, it's mm. still a party, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Because the reason why I wanted to talk about confidence, because I've actually been mulling on this idea since April and it's August, I know. I should have got onto it sooner. But I, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I remember somebody saying that if you're really, really intelligent, I'm, I know who I'm talking about, but they said even if you're the smartest person in the room and you go and talk to somebody, don't make them feel dumb. Don't make them feel dumb. That's because that's a horrible feeling. Like if some like, and that's one of the things that I find with a lot of business owners, they're confident in their abilities and their skill set, which is awesome. That's what they're paid to do, but they cannot confidently tell me in a very explicit manner what they do and why they do it. So I think that's, I'm saying that you can be smart um, and, and, but not be arrogant because arrogance is not sexy. We don't like arrogance. I, no. But I, but I, well, sorry, I didn't mean to butt in. But I'm just saying that, like, a lot of men are really confident in their ability and skill set, but women aren't. Yes, well, uh, we've heard people, you know, someone say that that women in business tend not to be as confident, and 
I sort of wonder whether it's a social conditioning. I think a media would play a lot into it. And I know we blame them a lot. It's not like we don't want to put the blame on ourselves. But I think because that plays such, that influences our culture, like mm. what we see through television. And um, I wrote one of the questions down because I wrote some things down for this podcast. But if we saw women um, to be portrayed as kind, confident and skilled in their area of expertise and they knew what they were good at and they were very confident at saying it, I don't think it would be such a shock to see it in real life. So I, when I talk to people about what I do and my skill set, I'm very confident in it because I've worked hard, but it's really jarring for people to hear that because they want a woman to be very meek and mild about what they say. And I'm like, no, you should be able to be as confident, maybe even not more confident, but you should be able to match that level in what a man does and for it to not be a jarring thing. Well, that's right. And I think there's been some great examples in history now, I don't know the lady's name, but I read it the other week and she was the one who uh, discovered basically what gravity was. And we know we've heard of uh, Einstein with his... Is it Isaac Newton, the gravity? Oh, that was a theory of relativity. Oh, well, may... No, she must have been something to do with Einstein, but he was the one who got all the accolades. I think it was about gravity. No, oh, was it gravity or atoms? Maybe it was atoms. And it was one of those sort of scientific things. Haven't ever heard the name of this woman. And I think for the uh, listeners, not viewers, they can't see us, the listeners, is that film Hidden Figures. That is a, a prime example uh, when those ladies who were mathematicians, and they were what, in the 50s or the 60s, yeah. And they also happened to be African-American, and which was a double whammy. And it had all to do with the uh, space It was about um, NASA and they were like astronauts or something mm. along the lines. Mm. Basically in the film, it's not a super true portrayal because they, of course, created a happy ending in the film. But a lot of the women didn't really get the recognition straight away even though they were doing the same job as a man. And I think another thing in the film was, which kind of still baffles my mind, is that they had to go to the bathroom, but men and women, were the bathrooms were black and white, and so they would have to go off the whole campus completely because they weren't a woman of colour. Mm. So they, as you said, it was a double whammy. But It was but, a double whammy, and you don't hear about these people. And as I said before, it's just like a social conditioning and because our society is based on a Judeo-Christian um, his, history, uh, people, it has been distorted because, you know, whenever you've been in church services and they're going to talk about the proverb, Proverbs woman, like in chapter 31, you know, I mean, you basically sort of throw your head back and roll your eyes and go, oh, no, not the Proverbs 31 woman. But they've actually misconstrued it, they've twisted it, and they have not actually done a true representation of what she was. It actually says that she went out and bought a field before her husband rose and uh, kind of like sent the kids off to school or whatever. So, so if she went and bought a field, she obviously had her own income. Mm. And so she was a businesswoman. She also was a, a wife and a mother. And, you know, she would have been a daughter and a sister-in-law and, you know, and friend and to, to many people. And she actually was, you know, she had that confidence. And, of course, um, her husband 
gave, well, not gave her the confidence, but saw her, the potential that she had and said, well, you know, you just go for it and do what you need to do. And he was not, uh, what's the word? He wasn't intimidated by her confidence because he was confident in himself. Mm. And really, women need to be confident and if they're say if they're, they're in a married situation or even if they're not they're in a um you know they've got a partner boyfriend whatever uh if that person other person in significant person in your life does not make you feel confident and see the potential that you have run yeah i think like um I just know that like, as I say, women, and we said business coaches say a lot of women lack confidence. And I do think women, I'm not saying that men don't deal with these issues, but I think because of media, there's all these expectations that women have to look, have to speak, have to sound, they have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. So if you have people bashing at that aspect, and then you're trying to be confident, you know, you feel like you're getting a bit of a double whammy in that sense. So my kind of advice is stop looking at what everyone else is doing I know it's a lot easier said than done but you have to kind of learn to switch off from all these ideals and expectations placed on you or placed on you by others you have to like kind of have to know that no I'm actually doing my own thing and I'm doing it to the best of my ability and that's probably the most important thing you've got to be secure in your own thinking you've got to have that security and and if you're not secure, you're not going to come across as confident. Yeah, and I definitely think like a lot of media has really skewed what women are and what they do and how they should look and how they feel and what they wear and blah 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 blah. And I like I don't really not I'm not a vibe. I don't vibe with that. And we're but, not saying that you've got to be a feminist. Oh no no no, no. we're not no. implying that so at all. So just making sure, just clarifying that that definitely not um femi- feminism is not about you know hating men yeah a lot of them are they do hate men or they don't appreciate the the role and the importance of men in our society and you know the significance that they play in families but they a woman can do things that a man can't do and yes okay the argument is what is a woman well i can tell you you know your genetic dna what you are either predominantly male or female we're not going down that that rabbit no, hole they're not talking but about today. what we're saying that um women have you know they're better at doing certain things than what men are and that's just how our physical our emotional the chemical makeup of what women have got all right so we've got the what is it the x x chromosomes and men have got x y all right so the you know the biological your your dna uh you have inherited things from both both sets of parents and there is a definite you know there's that feminine feminine traits and that's what you know we should applaud it and our society certainly doesn't applaud the traits of women even I was talking to a lady on Sunday about this book that I read called The Red Tent and how back in ancient times women when they had their month their period they would go to the red tent because they were classed as ceremonially unclean but it wasn't a drudgery it was party time so they could go there 
for, you know, once or week or for a week once a month and they were out there with their girlfriends and their you know their mothers and their sisters and cousins and all that and they had a great time whereas you know even those sorts of physical changes that happen to women in our society it's almost deemed a curse Mm. and I want to talk about the other side of confidence and this all stings back a couple years ago when I was in my first year of uni and I went on a few tinder dates and it was the best thing. I know you've closed your eyes, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Okay, don't, 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 no judgment, please. I'm not judging. <laughs> I think they're funny. Um, and I think one of the things that really threw a spanner in the works was when people would write you, like, well, hopefully we all know what Tinder is, but basically it's a dating website or application. And um, you write a bio about yourself and people either swipe left or right if they like you or if they don't. And I was really like really alarmed by the amount of people who was kind of bashing themselves in the name of humor like they weren't speaking confidently about themselves um and they were really belittling themselves and like though they said it was a joke I wouldn't I wouldn't joke about that because words do have power and if you say like oh I'm good at something or I'm good at xyz you're going to be good in it. But if you constantly say, no, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, you're speaking that into being. And so if you're going to say, I'm not confident, well, you've you've sown the seed and you're going to keep that harvest going. You're not really, unless you change your way or you change, I'm not saying I like affirmation, but you do need to speak confidently over yourself because that can change situations. It can change your mindset. So that was the other part that I want to um, speak about because you think about this, Think about um, people like the. Have you heard of the curse of twenty seven? Oh, people who turn twenty seven and they've died, like Amy Winehouse. Yeah, and I think there's even been other um, things like where people. I think there was one actor. I can't remember who it was, but they were off Glee and they had this really terrible haircut and they played the Jock character and um, they were in real life a, a, a sexual predator. They had they he had a really bad pornography addiction and there was something that they said in an interview like a real life interview and I kid you not it came to fruition and it was really alarming and really creepy and I was like it was a very jarring thing and a lot of people like they didn't say this word for word but they're like he just prophesied his own doing like and so that's what I mean words have a lot of power like you may think it's just this really funny thing but you don't know what they can do and a lot of these people who said, "Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna die at a young age," they die at a young age because mm. they've spoken it into being, and they believed it. Absolutely. So that's the part that kind of like alarms me. Like, I'm not gonna speak death over myself. I'm gonna be speaking life. I'm gonna be speaking confidence over myself. As I said, it's not an affirmation. I don't perceive myself as a god, but I do have to speak in good things to receive good things. Would you agree? Yes, that's right. As you said before, I think you've said it perfectly that words have got power and if you speak negativity over you, well, you're going to start believing that and uh, you're going to see that everywhere and you're not going to see the positive things. And I think maybe one becomes more confident when one has a sense of gratitude. Hmm. Yeah. So my, my challenge for the viewers this week um, is to, for people to speak confidently over themselves and uh, around other people and about others. 
because as I said, words have power. And I think even for yourself, even when you talk about, let's say the your hobbies or what you do for work, be confident in what you say and what you do because people, I know for myself, and it's been really interesting when I've spoken to people and I've spoken to them about my line of work and what I do, because I speak about that because it plays a massive part of my life, and they're really quite jarred and they're really like, really, um, especially a lot of women are very put off by the fact that I'm very confident in my ability, in my skill set, and I ain't dumbing myself down. So I really want to challenge people, speak confidently over yourself and speak confidently about others and see what happens and what changes in your week. Mm. Anything to else to add for that one, Ember? No, I think you summed it up beautifully. Oh, thank you very much. Well, we're going to end it here. I'd like to thank you, Ember Cooper, for joining me on the podcast. That's okay. Did you have a good time? I did. Okay, awesome. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a fantastic um, rest of your week, you little champs. And apologising for Papa Snooch's snoozing in the background. I don't know how loud the audio will be. (laughs) 